Hello, everybody. Welcome to the PTZ Optics Post Show Podcast. Happy Friday. This is episode four. Can you believe that, guys? No. At the amount that we've been, that we've been streaming, I can. Welcome to the PTZ Optics Post Show Podcast with your hosts, Paul Richards, Tess Protesto, and Michael Luttermoser. Let's talk shop. All right, everybody. Today, we're talking about smartphones and their impact on the live streaming world. We just had a smartphone developer, uh, Justin Brown. Our smartphone developer, yes. not just any. I love that app. He has developed a pan tilt zoom camera app that is available for Apple and Android. But since we're on the podcast, I thought we could just take a step back and really talk about, are you playing with Tessa's boom arm? Why has today Maybe. gotten super raunchy all of a sudden? I, has it? What have I missed? I don't know. Everything's like just missing. There's still a chance Paul's to correct course. Okay, playing guys. This. Ooh. No, Michael, there's still a chance to correct course and and go forward. Oh, oh. Say so we're taking the high road here. Take the high road. Let, let's go ahead and arrest those thoughts. Put your hands in the air. All right, we've arrested all the raunchy thoughts and now here we are and we're talking about Live Clear streaming heart. phones, cameras, but mm. all, but specifically smartphones and their effect on the live streaming media world. Now, Michael, you come from a video production background. Yes. And I think it pisses you off slightly that everyone has a 4K camera in their phone, in their pocket now, right? A little bit? Yeah, it's like kind of disheartening that you spend all this money on expensive DSLR uh, equipment for uh, your you know, job and... You know, little cousin Danny just like comes over and pulls <laughs> his iPhone out that has a 4K camera in it. Yeah. Like you're just like, like, why did I like WTF? Yeah, WTF my life. Now, in the same vein, um, I think a lot of people in the video production streaming world kind of feel the way that way too, where they're saying, "Hey, you know, I spent." tens of thousands of dollars on live streaming video production gear and I'm telling my client, hey, you know, it's going to cost $2,000 to stream this event with multiple cameras and their clients going, I can stream to Instagram with my phone. Like, like what, what are you doing with all this expensive gear? So I think smartphones are doing good and bad. Uh, the good is they're putting this technology in everyone's pockets. Yeah. Right. And not only is that good from a awareness perspective, but it also puts the delivery of Instagram, Facebook and YouTube into everyone's pockets. Yeah. So now there's just an infinitely larger number of screens for people to watch live streams people and be to notified. Accessible humans. I, I don't know if you want to dive down this rabbit hole about the uh, hold on. Let me uh, ask Paul first before I mention this name. The Mevo, which is owned by uh, Vimeo. V Vimeo. Yes. Is it is it is that Vimeo? It's Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. Vimeo, which is owned by a company called actually Livestream. Or is okay. It All right. You got it. You is, got it, it. Is, it, is it backwards? They merged. Or Vimeo something. Livestream. The company created Mevo. Okay. <laughs> and Vimeo bought Livestream. Okay. But the point I was trying to get to is that they have uh, an app basically that you can pull up on a tablet or your phone that is actually like full, full blown production on your phone. And that right there is kind of mind blowing uh, that 
all that production software can just be accessed through an app on your phone. It can do multiple uh, changes. So you're yeah. saying it's not just a um, an application version of a Mac or PC based software. It's, it's solely for yeah, mobile devices. Yeah, for that. It's almost like a disruptor for what I'm seeing like towards BMX, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. powerful enough now. Uh, like it's right. not powerful enough. And uh, so, but something like that is, you know, how we were talking about DSLR, DSLR cameras and 4K cameras connected to your your phone, you know, that'll be available soon. Yeah, and, and I think that one of the things that a lot of people are leveraging is like the Sling Studio yeah. or the Mevo. Both of those products use a smartphone, ideally an iPad, to do all of the controlling, all the switching, all of the video production is done on an iPhone, an iPad, and there's two ways to go about that. Um, you basically have an app on your phone or your iPad and generally that app is actually more of or less a controller for the Sling Studio or the Mevo. Mm-hmm. So the processing and everything still happens on the device that you're controlling, but your phone is essentially a pretty yeah. darn fast computer that can do a heck of a lot. We are cyborgs with <laughs> our phones. We yeah. are. That's what that's what Elon Musk was saying. The only thing that's uh, stopping us is the data transfer. We just need something stronger, like a Neuralink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway. And, and I mean, I mean, do you really need a Neuralink to choose which camera that you're going to switch to? Uh, I think that I think that the, a touch interface, an iPad interface, and actually Andrew Cross, the CEO of NewTek, he made a little speech at um, NAB, and I don't think it was confidential. Um, but maybe some of it was. I'll be careful what I share. But he was saying how Newtech is starting to think about redesigning the TriCaster and redesigning a lot of the NDI tools to support the thought that kids are growing up with the touch screens. Mm-hmm. So if you want a camera source to go full screen, you swipe it forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you want to move it off, you swipe it left. And building, and I think like Snapchat when it first came out, like it, it got the touch interactivity, mm-hmm. like UI design right. Yeah. And it was almost like the kids of that generation were really happy to have like a know-it-all thing that like their parents couldn't even like swipe into what they're doing or figure out where the way it even works. Um, those kids are going to grow up and they're going to get mm-hmm. jobs and they're going to work in media and um, they're going to look at some of the technology today and hopefully it's been, it'll be changed to fit that, mobile first touchscreen world i can totally see a um all the hardware solely being edged out to all like software based you know like no one's gonna buy a hardware anymore for uh, video production or to switch it's just gonna be on like an ipad yeah you're just gonna be ch- you just be like moving around like during the um uh, big production play production you just be have your ipad you're gonna be you know talk to danny who's also a production person you know, pull it up <laughs> you know, see all your fees you know pick what you want and uh yeah i that's what i think at least definitely i mean there's always going to be some hardware obviously cameras yeah. um, there's always the hardware joystick there's always going to be headphones uh microphones you know they're going to probably need cables unless they're wireless yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the interface itself will definitely is going to morph to touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's not being done, or at least there's not an option for touchscreen control, the new generation coming in is going to be like, I, I mean, I remember telling the guys at New Tech when I went to their booth, they were like, look at this 
150 button touch panel or not, it's no. not a touch panel. Oh, it's, it's a little hardware button yeah, so like, yeah. with like little T bars and stuff. And he's like, look how easy it is to use. And I looked at him and I went, dude, I just want a keyboard and mouse. Like yeah. I'm not going to even try to learn how to use this. And he looked at me like, this is the easiest thing on the market. I was like, dude, but now if you learned that way yes, and it was like each button over here is like the mix ME is a mix effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, this layers preview, this one's output, you know, you click a button to go to, to look at it in preview. You're like, all right, it's good. And then you hit your T bar and then that transitions from preview to, to, to yeah. live. And that's the way that they learned. And then basically they just learned that way. And then it just got more and more and more and more complex. What's going to happen is the kids know how to use the iPads. I mean, we all see them on YouTube and everything. It's going to start there and then it's going to get more and more and more complex. Um, but the kids are literally iPad happy. Yeah. And that's well, a fact. You know, it goes back like, you know, you brought me in to this and uh, I instantly liked vMix. Well, I'm, I'm like, you know, with Adobe, Adobe Premiere and all the Adobe products. It was so familiar that uh, you're like, well, how about this, uh, you know, this controller? And I was like, get this out of here. You know, like, yeah. I just want to just like, you know, I'm like use the joystick, Michael. Like, we no, make it. No, no, <laughs> it's our product. I don't, no, I don't like it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just like a uh, very software heavy you know, person. Good news for us is that pan tilt zoom cameras aren't possible with iPhones and Androids at this point. Yeah, and I mean, let's get back to that to that larger thought that, um, and I've had this conversation with Tom Sinclair. I love the way that he's he puts it. So what he says is that there's like four levels of live streamers, and level one is the mobile streamer. Mm. You know, this is from live streaming pros too. And live streaming pros, they they say that too, and I think that. Tom's talked about it this way as well. And then level two is, all right, I have a computer now. You know, I don't have any special cameras or anything, but I want to have like titles, maybe a Skype call with my friends. Maybe I'm streaming a game. And then level three is, all right, I'm not making money doing this yet. It's not my business to do this, but I'm going to throw some money at this. I'm going to buy a couple cameras. I'm going to do some investment, get a better microphone. And now I'm starting to take this seriously. And then level four Maybe there's a level five. I don't know. But now you're like, okay, this is how I'm making my marketing videos. This is how I'm connecting to my customers. And that's where it gets really intense. And that's actually kind of where we play in that three to four range. Um, But that level one range is the entry point. That's the ramp on point for so many people. So who cares if, you know, they can stream with their phones. You know, of course, there's no stopping it. So don't don't lose any sleep over it. But uh, that's the on ramp. Yeah. to the what is considered now the you know the video production industry. So how has that changed? I mean I I've seen it change over the years. You know, when I first started this stuff, there was literally no Facebook Live. Correct, yeah. So when I saw Facebook Live happen, uh, I still always call Tom Sinclair out about this, the, the chief streaming idiot. He was like, Facebook is going to stop. He literally chief said, streaming idiot. He's, he literally said, well, the streaming idiot. He is the so chief streaming he's idiot. He's the chief streaming idiot. I'm the chief streaming officer. But um, he literally said, he was like, in his predictions for like 2016 or 17, he was like, Facebook is going to fail. No one's going to go over there and watch live streams and they're going to discontinue this service within six months. <laughs> Yet, no. Facebook is the reason why the market's exploding the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to remember, before Facebook Live, it was like you either had to pay Livestream.com for every minute, 
yeah. every gigabyte. Yeah. And YouTube Live at that point was in beta. Yeah. Now YouTube loves to roll things out in beta and then like keep it in beta for years. Like it's some of these things are still in beta. It's like a, we've been using them for five years. But um, you know, YouTube Live was like the only free one at that time. And then Facebook came in and really changed the game and made it different and did it a lot better and brought the emoji kind of game to the to the playing field. And if you, I think if you just don't understand Facebook, you just don't get it. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, I'll go to YouTube. I know what that's for. I know how that works. There's so many people like that. And then there's the people on the other side of the fence who are like, I have a Facebook page. I invite my friends. I communicate with them. It's a social network platform and they get it. And that it's really all about the energy from the real human beings that are using X platform. And so YouTube is very limiting in what it allows you to do. And Facebook's letting people do all kinds of stuff um, that you can't do otherwise. Well, there's a search engine aspect that YouTube's more of a search engine. So people are usually going there looking for a specific topic, whereas Facebook things come by you. Mm. Yeah. And you can direct them at certain people and you can do that with YouTube as well. It's a little bit different. Facebook's definitely meant to have two-way communication and YouTube, not until more recently, is for it was typically one-way communication it really is and but facebook rolled out there now here's the interesting thing since we're talking about mobile um we actually do quite a lot of mobile streaming and we find that the first of all instagram is a, a mobile only streaming application mm-hmm. which we're trying to hack around with that and uh <laughs> we're actually having an app developed that secretly hacks into the Instagram API and delivers you an RTMP stream so that you can stream to Instagram. So for those of you listening on the podcast, for those of you listening to the live stream, watching the live stream, here's a question to you. We have to pay up developer to do this. Would you pay $19.99 for an app that delivered you the ability to stream directly to Instagram with VMix, Wirecast, OBS, your favorite streaming platform via RTSP. That's a good poll for me to take on social media. I know. I think you should do a poll for that because we do need to charge $20. uh, $19.99. Just because we have to pay a developer. And these things, I've had them before. If there's no income coming in, there's no reason for us to keep updating it, continuing to pay developers to market it and make it it something that can fly on its own. We're not trying to make a million dollars with this. But answer us in the chat let us know in the podcast uh, we're really trying to solve a problem for ourselves yeah we want it for ourselves (laughs) but definitely share it with the world as a freelance video producer and production person i would say yes yeah it's very affordable and you know all your clients are already going on instagram for their products and mostly for business services and it's just like an automatic yes yeah i mean just throwing up like if you have a big fashion show which we're about to stream one an iPhone's not going to cut it. No. You know, that is for behind the scenes selfie stuff, yeah. sure. But if you want to stream a professional something or other, you got to be able to do it with multi-camera, you know, video production. But the other thing, getting back to Facebook and uh, YouTube is YouTube just rolled out mobile streaming. And I don't think many people are doing it. Um, Facebook had it way before, actually. Do you, yes. me- do you remember the first time you opened up the Facebook app and you saw the live thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they want you to live stream on this. It was platform. a slow rollout, so you had to it wait was. for it. Yeah, you know this has only been happening the last like 
four years. Like if you can remember back in 2014, it was still the wild west. Like you could like kind of do like growth hacking. You could like kind of cheat the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they really like locked it down over the next couple of years, but like a couple, you know, only four years ago, you know, yeah. you know, what's going to happen in the next four years or three. It's like how quickly technology changes. I mean, it's possible that this whole Instagram streaming thing, you know, a lot of times when you look at these quick changes, like in the beginning, it's like, um, you know, whoa, Mm -hmm. yeah, like super fast growth. And like the, you know, Instagram or Facebook just is like, let's see what happens. Let's let's throw it out there. And then they're like, all right, reel it back, reel it back. (laughs) But if we were to stream with vMix to Instagram Mm -hmm. and show the comments live on the screen, that we would like that I don't think anyone has ever done that you know stuff no. like that one thing though that you have to consider is that we're not going to be able to pull Instagram comments you into can. social you can you can yeah wow vmix social supports oh yeah Instagram. we used to do yeah. it duh so it's possible we used to do that of course we've never done it before i don't know no we've exactly. done exactly yeah but i don't know if it pulls in live stream comments or just comments on your post on a post yeah. so i'm not sure exactly how that's going to work but i completely forgot about that hey if you like streaming and you want to stay involved with the cutting edge we're doing a lot of this stuff um but right now we're just reflecting and it's true mike you know you're saying the past four years I always forget, but I think Facebook Live has been around for about two. Okay. And like you yeah. said, Tess, you're right. It was a slow rollout. Some right people when got I started it working at Happy A year ago, some people, like right when you started, is when Facebook Live was like just, mm-hmm. a, just being released. And um, it was a slow rollout. Not everybody had it. Like you said, Mike, in the beginning, it was like, if you wild. went if you went live like every single friend you had and their yeah. mother was like invited to to come watch like the algorithm wasn't um tweaked yet like yeah. everybody like saw it like that was the whole thing with uh like the organic growth and stuff back that's then. the way youtube was too and i wish we had a bigger youtube audience when when we first started streaming uh maybe think it, things would have happened quicker Potentially, and one of the things that I will recommend, or one of the things I'll mention here is our YouTube strategy I think is interesting. Um, It's changed with the algorithm. So on YouTube, when you start streaming, I believe that every single subscriber that you have uh, is notified that you're you're live. I'm pretty sure. Um, But our strategy on YouTube has changed. You know, one of the most important things about um, about the algorithm is watch time. So one of the most important things are people watching your video and then are people interested in clicking the thumbnail? So do they click the thumbnail when you're ready to go? And, um, one of the things that we've been doing a lot of is streaming shorter shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what we want to do is what we've decided to do, like our overall strategy in in two seconds here is create live content that we email everyone to go see we create an engaging live show but we keep it short enough so that it can people watching on demand can still watch it and it's like oh i'll watch a 20 minute video because like people can live stream forever Mm -hmm. and it's long form content and people like to watch that but um I think that if you're making long form content that's an hour long, you're on demand viewership later on YouTube. People aren't going to, I know I'm like, I'm not going to search through this hour long video and try to find the one thing that I want to see. Uh, vocab word that we're looking for is retention. Yeah. We want retention. 
So Man. you can leverage the fact that everyone's being notified because that you're going live, mm-hmm. you're emailing it, leverage the excitement, get the views, get the retention, but don't drag it on forever to the point where it's not going to be val- valuable on demand because yeah. that's that long term three years later. Are people still going to want to watch this? Um, use it as an on demand platform the way it was built to be used. And then we're using Facebook and Twitch differently. Mm-hmm. You know, because Facebook doesn't have an on-demand value, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It's on your feed for a little bit. No one scrolls to the bottom of your feed. It's really a flash kind of lightning blast, if you will. And you're really paying to get on people's news feeds at this point. Yeah, it is a very much a uh, pay-to-play yeah. type of platform now. So we're just streaming away. Yeah. You know, on, on and then Twitch, you stream onto Twitch, and then I think it's automatically deleted after two weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're just just streaming away on yeah. Twitch and streaming away on YouTube on Facebook, but YouTube we're treating a lot differently, um, and that's kind of our social strategy. Boom. You know, I was thinking um, for Facebook, you just have to scroll. You just gotta like you don't have to like click on anything. You can just like you see a video, you hang out for like ten seconds, maybe longer, and then like you just scroll and you're gone. Like. For YouTube, you actually have to click. You have yeah. to click a couple. So much more intent. You have to be like, you know, put work in to leave the page. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy because it's just a click of the mouse. But really, people, uh, the more clicks, the more well, know, there psychological is, effect. There is scrolling that does happen on YouTube from the home page. Oh, yeah. And from the trending page. But that's one of the most important signals that YouTube gets is, all right, how many it's basically there's a ratio between how many times people have seen your thumbnail Mm -hmm. versus how many people have clicked it and i forget what it's called but it's like it's actually one of the most important ones because they're like all right we've shown this thumbnail to a million people but only one percent click let's show we want people to click these things yeah you know and that becomes like if for example if if you if they show your video to a thousand people and 20% click, which is like incre- like 5% is high. Like they're like, all right, well then let's show it to another thousand and then let's show it to 10,000. And if everyone's clicking it, a high ratio based on how many times YouTube's showing it, then YouTube goes, well, let's show it to more people. Let's show it to more people. Oh, and that's okay. how things go viral. Okay. And it has a lot to do with your title and thumbnail because that's all they can see. Yeah. So if a lot of people are clicking it versus how many people are viewing it, that's how things go viral. But there is another factor. The other major factor is if people are clicking it and then immediately going, oh, gross, I'm get, get me out of here, mm-hmm. then that's, that's going to negatively affect it. Obviously, they want high retention, but they really want a high like view-to-click ratio. Mm-hmm. Those are the two main things. Wow, we need to have like some real controversial like thumbnails for I us know. or like, like, like titles or like 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 test fires Paul today or like, yes. or, or I know or like what's fake, like an accident yeah, with, that, <laughs> with the giant text. Well, all right. So here I actually read an article about this a couple of days ago Negative and, attention. and they gave, they gave mm-hmm. two examples of two different, uh, creators that are doing this. Great. All right. One creator is a guy who goes out into the woods and he makes things with like no tools. Uh, but and, and, and people love his videos. They love his content. He has eight million subscribers. Mm. Okay, he's got eight million subscribers. I haven't even heard of the guy, right? Yeah. And um, he goes. I don't even remember his name, but he goes out into the woods. But he only makes one video per month because it's very intensive for him to go out in the woods, make this whole video, come back, and 
what happens is, is when, when YouTube shows that thumbnail to, and people see it, they're like, oh my God, a new video. He only posts one per month. Like, let me see that. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone always clicks it as soon as they see it. So his click to view ratio is incredibly high. So he's built up some suspense. Yeah. So he's built suspense up. So, so he's building suspense. He's also got great quality content and people are like, I want to see the newest thing this guy's got. Now, here's the exact opposite that also works great, but it's more clickbaity. There's another company, another channel that's got about 10 million views. And what they do is they actually go out on the internet and take, they basically do mashups. So they'll take like 20 of the top videos and mash them together into oh. like one daily news It's like news the little feed. things. Yeah. They'll do something like that. And they will take like the the most thing that everybody wants to see and they'll make that the thumbnail, but they'll stick it towards like the middle of the end of the video. So you oh, keep watching yeah, until yeah, you yeah. get I, to I that get pissed point. Off at that. And Dirty. you're just like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> when am I going to get to the thing that I really clicked for? Well, the thing that really you know? pisses me off is when it's like a crazy thumbnail and you click to watch it and it just never yeah. shows up. It was just but a complete trick. But it is trick. in there, but it's inserted so far in That's the back okay. that you right. have to watch yeah. through. Right. And they were like, look at this strategy. People are clicking the, cl- the high click-through ratio and high retention because they're hiding it halfway through. They're waiting for it. So th- that's really clickbaity, but it works. Yeah. So those are two different ways. One like incredibly authentic way and one incredibly clickbaity way. That, the one that always like... Uh, gets me is uh, when they take like an expensive piece of equipment like a camera and they like they cut it in half with like a stream, yeah. stream of water yeah. you know like laser or something and then they show the camera like the $5,000 camera like in half and you're like no I get no, that all I the time with girls cutting their eyelashes off and oh. cutting their eyebrows off oh yeah, oh, yeah. and then I, they like they're like holding the razor they're and like, I'm like ah. And so I'm like, I have to watch this. Yes. And then she never does it. Uh, really? Yeah, it's Click, pure clickbait. clickbait. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. I like, though, uh, just jumping back to the guy that goes off into the woods and makes something. I like that he... I want to go watch like, him. He has, like, super high quality content only once a month. You have almost, like, FOMO. Like, you have, yeah. you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's high quality, too. So he spends all his time on it. And you're like, yeah. Does he even have a knife? Um... What's his name? I don't, I've never even seen it, to be honest. Uh, I was just reading an article as it was an example. What was the article? Um, I can't even remember. Give you me know, something. It was clickbait. You know, I just like clicked it and, and, and read it. It was an article on LinkedIn. Do you remember the stupid video that was out like last year, a year and a half? And uh, I was on Facebook a lot. And um, it was this guy, like survival guy. He makes a hut in the middle of the woods by himself <laughs> with like only an axe. And he makes like a, a bed and he makes like he a stove. You found him? Primitive technology. This is it. Yes. Yeah. Eight million subscribers. That's him. In this mm, one, he's making an axe and he's making a tiled so roof cool. hut. Oh, wow. See? This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is him. Yeah. Wow. Now, so, so what I would and say he's jacked. About, about this guy, which I really love. And of course, I've never even seen him. But the thing I like about it is it totally flips all over the thought that um, you have to post every day. You yeah. know, that's like a commonly yeah. believed thing that like you need to do daily vlog and post something every day. Well, Cause consistency, that whole idea. Well, with Facebook I and Instagram, I would agree, but YouTube, if you have I don't know. Quality consistency, it's gonna be like- Yeah, but this guy's not consistent. Well, he has high quality. He does so have consistency. He established his own time when yeah, his yeah. schedule and he stuck with it. So I guess yeah. you can't say he's not consistent. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk, he's not going to look, he's got 8.7 million subscribers and I'm interested. 
I know. Yeah, I'm super interested. It's like, a, and obviously people are super interested about this. So it's pretty cool. And I don't even know if he talks, honestly. I don't I, think I, he does. It's just, it's just him like building stuff, surviving in the woods by himself. He's I don't making even a think house. he has a smartphone. No. Genius. Crazy. Genius. Anywho, this all came from a discussion with our PTZ Pantel Zoom app developer today, Justin Brown, who created our iOS and Android control apps for PTZ Optics cameras. You can find that in your Apple or uh, App Store, Android Play Store, as well as on PTZOptics.com in the resource or in the accessories file. Is that how you're wrapping up the show, Tess? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We got a little off topic. Uh, let us know. We message had, us. We had fun. It was fun. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. And we're talking through things. This guy, this guy is making a pizza on a, his, uh, an oven. He's I making he's an building, oven. He's building his oven. He's building an oven. This guy so cool. is like, if, if oh, my gosh. All right. Play the outro music. Check this guy out. His name is Primitive Technology. We'll see you guys next week.